0: In the name of Jesus, Amen. The Lord's Prayer has seven requests, and we call each one of these requests petitions. And you can divide the Lord's Prayer into these seven petitions. And the first three petitions, which we've already gone over, ask for God to make His home with us here on earth. And so we pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the final three petitions ask God to give us everything that will then take us from this veil of tears to be with Him forever. That is, we're asking for the forgiveness of our trespasses to lead us not into temptation and to finally deliver us from evil. So the first three petitions are about God coming to us and the final three petitions are about us coming to Him. And the one petition that is right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer Is the fourth petition give us this day our daily bread and this petition is not about God coming to us or we coming to him it's about life in the meantime the time in between it's it's brilliant it's beautiful this is a a short prayer that Christ taught us that in in these seven petitions we ask for everything that we could possibly pray for Every prayer that you could think of or anything you could request of God is contained in this prayer. And so this petition, Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread, is about our life in this world between the time He has come to us and the time that we will be going to Him. This petition is about receiving everything we need to support this body and life that is food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, field, pious servants, money, goods, pious spouse, pious children, obedient servants, good and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, discipline, honor, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like, so on and so forth. When we ask and we pray for daily bread, this is exactly what we're praying for. Every material thing that you could think of falls into this category. So it's not as if God created the world and then now he ignores it. Like he he just wound it up and let it run according to the laws of nature. This is called deism, and this is to be rejected. It's the belief that God created the world and then turned his back and left and said, you guys figured this whole life thing out. The truth is, is that God is personally involved in our lives. He personally sees to it that the sun rises and sets every evening and morning. The rains and the snows fall, that the crops grow, that the rivers flow the right direction, that the sea stays where it's supposed to be. He is involved in each and every one of these actions. He not only orders and governs the world, but also all human events. All good we see in this world is his doing. But God doesn't give us daily bread, even I mean, the, the, the question is, uh, doesn't God give us this daily bread whether we pray or not? And don't unbelievers have good friends? And don't heathens have houses and homes even though they don't pray or believe in God? The answer is yes, absolutely. This doesn't prove that God doesn't exist. It proves how gracious our God truly is. He provides for those who love Him and for those who hate Him. He gives good things to those who are good and those who are evil. Scripture says, For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Why is this? It's all because of Jesus. In Christ, God loves those who hate him, and he is good to those who are bad to him. He gives to those who give him no thanks or acknowledgement. He's gracious and kind even to those who are wicked and evil. The death of Christ on the cross not only earned God's forgiveness for the sins of the world, it also won every single thing we need for this body and life. The reason God hasn't destroyed the world yet because of our sin is because of Jesus' death. The reason we have clothes on our back is because of Christ's passion. The reason we have lights on this moment, the reason we have a house, the sun, rain, food, friends, and so on, is all because of Christ's innocent, bitter suffering and death. He not only won us eternal life, but he won us this life as well. The entire world benefits temporally from the death and resurrection of Christ, whether they accept it or not. The Christian benefits both temporally and eternally from his death. And so why pray? If God is going to give us good things, whether we believe in Him or not, then why pray? We pray because God is our Father and we are His children. We pray because this life is much more than just food and clothing. We pray so that God would lead us to know that every single thing we receive comes from His hand. We pray to give God thanks for what He's given. So if you know in your worldly wisdom, and according to the natural law, that it's rude Not to say thank you to people who give you little gifts in this life. How much more rude is it to not say thank you to God who has given you everything? Unbelief is selfish, it's arrogant, it's ungrateful. The unbeliever thinks he has everything on account of his own work. The Christian knows that everything he receives is from the gracious hand of God. And the the truth is is that there's no middle ground here. Either you are for God or against Him as, uh, as, as the text says. God gives everything. Either you thank Him for it or you don't. Either you pray praise and give thanks or you don't. Either you love Him or you don't. And that's all. And so this is why it's so shameful when Christians don't pray to God or thank Him. When Christians who call themselves children of God don't acknowledge their Father in heaven, then they're behaving just like the heathen and the unbeliever. This is ingratitude which shows itself when you, when you fail to pray and thank God before each meal. When you fail to pray and thank Him each morning and night for the life that He gives you. When you fail to go to church and receive His gifts and thank and praise Him for those very gifts. Those who do this ungratefully receive good from God even though they don't acknowledge him. He remains good, even if no one else is. The attitude that we have towards our material needs is influenced by our attitude toward the one who provides them. If you cling to your material needs with all of your life, then you don't really trust that God gave them or that he'll give them again and provide. But if you're able to let go of the things of this life, to let go of all of your daily bread, then this is because you trust that God will provide this daily bread again and again and again. And this is why Jesus taught us to pray for daily bread. Understand those words, daily bread. Not a lifetime supply of bread. We don't need that much. We, we need only what we can use now. So we're supposed to trust... Uh, so... so Then the question comes up, so are we just supposed to trust God, stop working, uh, stop saving money, stop uh, 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 saving up our funds? Do we just stop working and give up? And the answer is no. Because to do that is to test God. God has worked through means. And God has taught us to invest. He's taught us to plan. He's taught us to work, to save our money. This is all true. But in this prayer, he teaches us to pray for daily bread and trust that God will provide it for us. Work and plan and save and let God worry about where this working and planning is going to leave you. Your daily bread doesn't depend upon you. It doesn't depend upon the work of your hands. It depends upon His hand, which is opened and satisfies the desire of every living thing. Even though the flowers of the field don't toil or spin, even though the birds have no places to go and they have no houses, yet our Lord provides for them and He will provide for you. Your daily bread doesn't depend upon you. If it did depend upon you, then Jesus wouldn't teach you to pray for it. He taught us to pray for daily bread because we need to rely on our Heavenly Father to provide it. And we pray this together. Now, Notice that these words are our Father, not my Father. Notice that we pray for our daily bread. It's not just you or me individuals uh, staying at home or, or separating ourselves from the flock, separating ourselves from Christ's body, but rather we pray this together each and every Sunday, each and every day. We pray it for ourselves. We pray it for one another. We pray it for those who don't pray it. We trust that God will provide our daily bread even if we don't know how. He'll provide everything you need for this body and life until the day he calls you home. The day you will no longer need any of these things. You look at Christ who prayed this prayer before you. He received everything from God his Father until his final day. Yes, he hungered and he thirsted, but his life didn't end until God ordained it and made it to be so. And so the same thing goes for you. You may hunger and thirst for a while, but God has promised to provide everything you need until he brings you home. Do you know how he'll meet your needs? Do you know how you will pay your bills the next day? How you will get bread on this table this month or the next? Maybe not. But in Christ you know the one who will give you that daily bread. Your dear Father, who loved you to the point of sending his only begotten Son to suffer and dine across for you, also loves you enough to clothe you and to feed you and to give you drink. Why would he give you this greater gift and withhold from you the lesser? For Christ's sake, he has given you eternal life and provides for all of your bodily needs in this life. Listen to the words of the hymn we sang uh, till verse 5. Give us this day our daily bread, and let us all be clothed and fed. Save us from hardship, war, and strife. In plague and famine spare our life, that we in honest peace may live, to care and greed no entrance give. Amen.